Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Welcome to the Picture Book Look Podcast. I'm Kim Chafee. And I'm Kirstie Call. Together we'll share some of our favorite picture books and chat with their creators to explore the journey from story idea to bookshelf. We'd love you to join us as we take a picture book look. Do you dream of creating picture books that will change a child's life? Learn how to write the story only you can tell at this year's Picture Book Summit. Join John Klassen, Juji Morales, agents, editors, and more on October 2nd, 2021. Visit picturebooksummit.com to register. Feeling stuck in your creative journey? Needing to change your narrative? Everything you want is possible. As a therapist-trained life coach for creatives, I'm excited to help authors like you create clarity and build self-confidence so you can achieve your dreams. Kirstie can help you get the drama out of your life and into your art. Visit kirstiencall.com. That's K-I-R-S-T-I-N-E-C-A-L-L.com and register for a free consultation today. Hooray! I can't wait for us to work together to get you where you want to be. Hey, Kirstie. Hey, Kim. So do you want to play Rock Pinecone Log? Of course, but I'm warning you, I'm a rock-solid competitor. Oh, that's okay, because I'm a rock star at this game. Okay, okay. Are you ready? Let's go for it. it. Here we go. Rock Pinecone Log, shoot! Rock Pinecone Log, shoot! Rock, pinecone, log, shoot. Hey, who's winning? <laughs> I have no idea. I really have no idea. But today's book features these characters, along with the most adorable singing chipmunk, Chirp, Chipmunk Sings for a Friend, written by Jamie A. Swenson and illustrated by Scott Magoon. This book hits all the picture book sweet spots. Humor, heart, singing, and beautiful art. <laughs> We're excited to talk with Jamie and Scott about their creative process. Let's talk. Jamie, we're going to start with you. So can you tell us where you got the idea for this book? So I love picture book origin stories. Like I love listening to authors (laughs) talk about where they got their ideas. I feel very awkward talking about my own process because (laughs) I don't always think about it. Sometimes I have very tangible, Big Rig was a little kid in story time yelling that he was a big rig. It was a very tangible like idea. This one's been percolating. I was out in Colorado with my family probably 10 years ago, and we were at Rocky Mountain National Park. And I snapped a picture of this just adorable little chipmunk sitting on a rock. And 
occasionally it would come up in my memories like, oh yeah, look at that adorable little chipmunk. And the chipmunk looks like it's longing for something. And so it was in my mind, like all those years kind of popping up now and then. And then a couple of my very good friends had um, some very, very tragic and terrible things happen in their lives. And I was processing that. How do I support my friends? How can I support myself through this? When I sat down to write Chirp, that picture of that chipmunk was in there, that longing for friendship, that wanting to be a community player and member and supportive. And it just really poured out of me. Like most books take a little time, but this one, it almost poured out of me just in its full. I almost didn't want to share it with anyone, but I sent it to like my first reader and she's like, how long have you been working on this? And I'm like, no, this is like first draft poured out of me. I'm sorry. And she's like, nope, oh, nope. Send this to Sean. So I sent it to my agent and he's like, yep, we have something here. Wow. And so this one of all the books I've written, it was almost like the most, it just worked. I love that. It's interesting how the creation of every book is so different. And I love that this book is so bibliotherapeutic. It was for me. And I hope that it is for other people. (laughs) We spend so much time trying to communicate to our children to be happy, be happy, be happy. And so often I would tell my own children, no, the feelings that you're feeling are Mm -hmm. real. And it's okay to be sad and to feel that feeling and to live with that for a little while. And there's nothing wrong with that. I would rather children hear that than to cover up their true emotion and feel like you have to always put this perfect face on. Sometimes you don't. Sometimes you have Mm -hmm. to find your people who will... Let you be you. That's especially important right now. Mm. I think kids have really struggled with the isolation of the pandemic. Not just kids, but adults. We need books like this. Absolutely. Right now. I think we all just need to know that you need to find those people in your life who will just sit with you. (laughs) Like where you are right now. Right. That's okay. And so that's kind of what my feeling for this book is like where you are right now. If you're happy, fantastic. If you're not, that's okay too. Yes. I love that so much. Can you just give us a little bit, what was the submission process like? So you said you sent it to your agent and. So I sent it to Sean right away. He came up with that list of possible editors and houses. And truthfully, this one also, not only was it just pouring out of me and seemingly there, it sold like in that first round immediately and Sylvie just like had connected mm. with it. So it really was a fast process that way too, which was shocking to me. Exciting. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, just kind of like, are you kidding? It was like almost whirlwind with this one because usually it's like years of pain and agony and nobody wants it. And Writing for I revise it a hundred times. <laughs> this you. one was just like, okay, we, yes. we've got something yes. here. Love Let's it. go with it. That's great. <laughs> Well, Scott, what made you say yes to working on this project? I was on vacation with my family and I got the email from Sylvie. I was in a park with chipmunks as well. (laughs) I took that as a sign, not to mention the scads of chipmunks I have that plague me here in my own backyard. I've got one that sits on top of a rock in my backyard. It was it was up there uh, last night. And I had to show my son. I said, look at this. This, right. is, this is my book cover right here. I loved hearing about how you came to write this, having gone through something difficult. You know, I think that that really comes through in this text in a very powerful and positive way. More than anything, that's what I kind of picked up on and responded to as I read it and decided to want to do it. I have sort of six rough 
checkpoints that I look for when I read a book. But beyond that, it's also just, does it grab me? Does it create a sort of emotional feeling in me? And this absolutely did. I want to mention the sixth thing, really yes. like yes, to look please. for. <laughs> sure has all six. That's why I had to do this book. First one, I love stories that really stir emotions, really kind of stir up something in me. I feel like those matter most. Chipmunk obviously feels very deeply. And to me, that really stirs something I yes. think in the reader, I think it's absolutely relatable. I love bright and relatable characters. I think Chipmunk is such a charming character. I love that she sings songs to express herself, but to also kind of capture friends. As the story goes on, she realizes, oh, if I wear my heart on my sleeve and express myself, it starts to pull in others mm -hmm. to her cause. I love that. I love how, Jamie, you're kind of getting at something that is sort of intrinsic to all artists everywhere. It's like, you know, if we really expose ourselves and really wear our hearts on our sleeves, we connect with people in ways that, you know, we don't expect. And the results are usually pretty wonderful. So I like books with a hook. This hook is a singing chipmunk. <laughs> An operatic chipmunk, I think, is just so neat and funny and charming. Love to have music in stories. I personally love to sing myself. Me too. Uh, much to the chagrin of my family, oh, yeah. but I love singing. I think we all do. We should just break into song and just yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In fact, when I read this story at a book event uh, a couple of days ago, I tried to sing the, the different stages of chirping. I tried to do the happy chirp, the uh, bittersweet chirp, and then the sad chirp. Are you willing to do it for us now? It went something like the happy one was like chirp, 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 and then the bittersweet was chirp, 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 something like that. And then the sad was chirp, 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 chirp. something very low. And, you know, I tried I to sell that. it as much as I could with body language too, but you know, you're standing up there on stage and you're just, oh my gosh, what am I doing? But I think they appreciated the effort. <laughs> That's all to say I love music or references to music and books. I think it just connects with people. I also like a little bit of edge in stories. Uh, Ugly Fish, Misunderstood Shark, uh, Rescue and Jessica, and now Chirp, I think all have that sort of, it's just dangerous, mysterious, threatening enough. And I think in illustrating Chipmunk's very sad songs, I've tried to impart that. Just a little bit of edge that leave readers thinking, okay, there's something there's something off here. It's not threatening, but it's just off enough mm. that it's pulling me in. I just, I loved it. And I couldn't wait to try to capture that in Chipmunk's sad songs. And then lastly, humor, humor with a little heart. I first fell in love with that with Amy Krauss Rosenthal's books, you know, Spoon, Chopsticks, and Straw. They've all got this you know, wonderful sense of humor with puns and just this sort of character who can't quite find his or her way and does it with a little humor. And I think that Chipmunk's search to find friends in an inanimate rock and pine cone. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's really great. great. It's pretty yeah. funny. It's Stay so right good. Here, it's so good. I, uh, I love that. <laughs> yeah, I loved it. So all of those things together kind of build to an emotional connection. I think that that's what readers will remember, how the book made them feel. That's what's going to get them to not only love our book, but come back to it and share it with other people. Is that sort of, ooh, this book made me feel something really powerful or subtle or different or happy, mm -hmm. sad, whatever. And I think that all of those things together have made a really charming and powerful under yes, the radar kind of way. Agreed. Absolutely. So well done. Jamie, you already told us a little bit about your writing process, but what about the editing process after the book was bought? I was absolutely terrified because like in my mind, sometimes you write behind your back. You know, we talk about people writing behind their back and I had written it, 
And then in my mind, because when I send things off, I tend to never go back to them again until I get that editorial. I just don't Mm -hmm. look at it again. Like I just, it's not good for me. So I wait until I hear back. And so I was terrified the whole time because I thought this is such a sad book. I'm not going to be able to share it with two-year-olds. There's going to be crying involved. So (laughs) when I got the manuscript back again, like with the editorial notes and I read it again from a different place in my life, I'm like, oh, this is actually, you hit it light and not too dark but there's a few places it definitely goes into and the one really thing that Sylvie um, wanted me to do there were a couple places where Chipmunk apologizes like when her friends come up and hear the sad songs the first thing out of Chipmunk's mouth was I'm sorry and that's so me right like I apologize for taking up space emotions being on the planet <laughs> I don't know if it's because I'm from the Midwest <laughs> But so when Sylvie's like, you know, do, does she have to apologize every time? And at first I was like, of course she does. And then I was like, oh, no, she does not apologize. And we took out that I'm sorry. Okay. There were like, mm. I think maybe three I'm sorry's. And the second I took those out, it changed it so much. It was kind of a small and gigantic yes. edit nice. all at the same time. And picture books mm. happen like that, right? Like a, in a picture book, you have such a short, compact story taking out one or two mm-hmm. words. It's huge. It can make Absolutely. all the difference. It was like such a caring editing process, but just taking that sentiment right. out of the book, it took it from what could have been really super depressing to honest. I will always think about that. And I also think about myself now, like, are you <laughs> like, oh yeah, I totally am. I'm That's right. Like that That's, right. <laughs> That's what I'm taking away. What I love so much about the book is it gives kids and adults, whoever reads it, permission to feel. I hope so. You know, I've been a storyteller for 20 years at the public library, which is where I am right now. And often two-year-olds, they start to have that empathy, you know, in story time. And at some point they connect with a story and I see tears in story time. And it can be a very simple little rhyme about monkeys and alligators where suddenly that two-year-old realizes what's (laughs) happening to the monkey and is just... And when you see that happen in a child, to me, that's like the most magical moment. And I'm so blessed mm. to have seen that over the years in story time. And that's what I hope I'm imparting in this. I Absolutely. think you are. That, Absolutely. Definitely. And Scott, your art mm-hmm. is just amazing. Can you give us a look into what your illustration process was like for the book? Yeah, this was the first book that I created entirely on an wow. iPad. Yeah, with an Apple Pencil. I've worked digitally in each of my books using Photoshop in the past, but um yeah, first one I did all on the iPad. Loved it. Had a blast. I used Procreate software. Fortunately, as I said, no shortage of chipmunks <laughs> in the backyard, so I had all the reference there that I needed. Raccoons and moose were harder to come by. <laughs> I started breaking up the text into the spreads, paginating it out in design. I exported those InDesign thumbnails, very small, two inches wide maybe, into the Procreate app. And I sketched right on those thumbnails in Procreate. And in so doing, when you're making very small thumbnails, you're really focusing on the composition, where the text goes, where the major characters go, the sort of perfect shapes and layout concepts, all of those things you're kind of working out at that point when they're very small. Then I'd take those sketches back into InDesign, scale them up to 100%. They were super jaggy and blurry and kind of junky looking, but the structure was in place. Then I'd uh, work out the details, work on the characters in more detail. That's when I opened it up to Sylvie and art director Chloe Paula Wiseman books. They gave me the big thumbs up with some ideas on how to simplify. They're awesome. I love working with them. 
And then I went right over those sketches with the final color and art. Kim and I were talking about how much we love this book, everything about it, the words, the art. And we have one more question for both of you. We'll start with you, Scott. When someone reads this book, what do you hope they feel or learn? There are people out there who care about what you have to say and maybe even better just to kind of be there and listen and maybe even sing along if, <laughs> if they're singing a song or if they're creating and collaborate. We're better together. We, we are. are better together. We are. Absolutely. Okay, Jamie. For me as a librarian, I always try to find stories that connect not only to the adult who's with them, but the reader and listener. Also, my other goal is always helping children fall in love with story. And that's what I hope that they hear this story and that they want a, another one. This is a story that lets them know that it's okay to have something be a little sad, a little scary. And maybe they want to go to the next book that is a little sad or a little scary or a little happy. But I always have the goal in my heart that the child wants to read another book. And if this helps be a bridge to another book or a lifetime of reading, then that would be an amazing thing. But if it's just a happy 10 minutes, then I'm okay with that too. <laughs> a big thank you to Jamie and Scott for joining us today and giving us a look into the creative process for Chirp, Chipmunk Sings for a Friend. Check out the show notes to learn more about Jamie and Scott and their other fabulous books. Don't forget to follow the podcast so you won't miss an episode, and we would love it if you would leave a review. Thanks for listening, and happy looking! Picture Book Look is produced by Kirsty Call and Kim Chafee. Music by James Call. 